Hi everyone, I'm Chris Fleming. And I'm Jessica Bylander. And welcome to another edition of Health Affairs This Week. Well, just uh, last week, uh, our colleagues Rob Lott and Leslie Erdelak uh, recorded uh, their session about 24 hours after the siege on the U.S. Capitol. And we are now recording on uh, Thursday, January 14th. Uh, we're recording about the same period of time after the first ever second impeachment uh, of a U.S. president. The House of Representatives, as you know, as I'm sure our listeners know, uh, impeached Donald Trump for his role, or as they saw it, uh, in inciting the the insurrection at the Capitol. So, you know, we're we're in challenging times. I mean, what, how you doing? I, I'm doing okay. It's definitely unprecedented times um, in my lifetime, and and yeah. So it's I guess I'm in the sort of what's going to happen next. You know, Biden is being inaugurated next week, so. I think like everyone, I'm a little on edge in terms of um, what the next week might look like. And, and my understanding is, you know, the, um, the the Senate hearing is the Senate trial is not going to happen before that inauguration. So um, so it may be an after fact after the fact thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 challenging times. I know some hotels in the D.C. area are not allowing reservations for for next week, you know, out of kind of concern for for what might go down. So so definitely just kind of watching the news, you know, carefully from from my perch in Colorado and um, just, you know, hoping everything goes smoothly next week. I'm sort of hoping that, you know, with the fresh start that we'll have next week that, you know, we're 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 going to make sure that we sort of, you know, don't take our democracy for granted and and also that we'll find a way to get a fresh start and to to come together as Americans across not just party lines, but you know, also across some of the lines like of race and class that that have been laid bare by, you know, the pandemic. That brings us into one of the topics that, you know, obviously is a hugely pressing topic in terms of health policy, the pandemic. You know, we've had this sort of split screen reality that, you know, on the one hand, we've got the promise of vaccines. Uh, on the other hand, we've got this, this you know, stark uh, reality day to day. We've got, you know, research showing that, you know, there's there's ever more serious uh, long term uh, potential consequences to COVID. Uh, we've got the emergence of more contagious uh, strains of the virus. Uh, and now, you know, even on the bright side of that equation with the, the vaccine uh, rollout, we've seen some bumps. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I in Colorado, we were one of the first states to see one of the more contagious variants. So it is a scary time. We, you know, we we believe the vaccine should be um, protective against even that new variant, but it's everything is evolving so quickly. And so I I agree. I on the one hand, I'm so excited to see friends and family on social media getting the vaccine, even strangers getting the vaccine. I know some people who've already received their second dose. Um, but on the other hand, it just, it's not going as planned for sure. Um, so some of the issues, as you mentioned, um, with the rollout are just, you know, people who are eligible, you know, we have these prioritization schedules and groups that are eligible um, before other groups will be able to get the vaccine. And it's just, we're not reaching all those folks. Um, so it's, it's a combination of issues, you know, states are receiving certain numbers of vaccine, and then um, there might be log jams in terms of distributing it to clinics and other places. There may be people who don't um, decide to get vaccinated even though they're eligible, and then people just might be confused. Am I eligible? I don't know. 
um, because states are kind of doing different things and there's conflicting guidance um, from CDC on one hand and the administration from another. So um, I, I know that, you know, it kind of depends state by state, whether and your age and other conditions, whether you're eligible. My father-in-law was able to get his first vaccine, um, you know, after my mother-in-law waited on hold for hours to get an appointment. So lots of people wanting to get the vaccine and can't. And then we hear really tragic stories about vaccine going to waste. Um, so, the, you know, the issue is complex. Um, and, I, you know, we're, I'm grateful for all the folks who have been able to get vaccinated, but we really hope to see in the coming weeks, um, maybe a cleaner rollout and more people getting the vaccine who are eligible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of depressing. I mean, it feels like, you know, when we uh, when the pandemic first uh, came onto the scene and we uh, we we responded, we I think it's universally acknowledged that uh, we really failed and we had this this uh, horribly decentralized, fragmented uh, sort of unprepared response in terms of testing and uh, provision of medical equipment and PPE, contact tracing. You know, there was nobody in charge and everybody was going their own way. And so with the, the vaccine uh, rollout, you know, we had this, as, as I said before, we had this, these vaccines that came on the scene, you know, more quickly than anybody anticipated. We had a second shot. And what did we do? We made the same mistakes all over again. Yeah. And it seems like there's sort of the federal government and the states are trading blame on on sort of whose whose fault it is. Um, so I'm curious what Biden says about all this. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, obviously been critical, as, as I think most uh, listeners probably have seen, you know, of, of the Trump administration response. Uh, he said, uh, and I think what most people consider a pretty ambitious goal, he wanted to get 100 million doses out in the first 100 days of his administration. Uh, he had criticized the Trump administration for uh, holding back some of the uh, vaccine stockpile to make sure that, you know, as, as people know, you know, that you need two doses and they wanted to make sure that the second dose would be available. Uh, now the Trump administration has changed course and is has come around to the Biden approach and is going to release the all of the stocks. We'll know a little more today, uh, Thursday, uh, about uh, Biden's plans a little bit later because uh, he's scheduled to give a speech and release some more details about his uh, pandemic response plan. So actually, listeners, when they hear this on Friday, we'll, we'll know more than we do now. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously uh, the pandemic is a huge issue, but that's not, you know, by any means the only uh, health policy issue that's that's uh, important. Right now, we've got this this uh, situation where the old administration is in its waiting days. New administration is coming in. Obviously, the new administration has very different priorities. Uh, one of the the big issues uh, that uh, is is prominent and and where there are very different priorities is Medicaid. Uh, and of course, in Medicaid, you know, one of the big issues are uh, that several states have have uh, adopted work requirements. And I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, a big push of the Trump administration, um, in addition to other changes to the Medicaid program, um, were work requirements, which, you know, basically just require people to complete a certain amount of hours of work or job training um, or the like as a condition of Medicaid eligibility. Um, we recently published a blog by Nicole Huberfeld and Paul Schaefer, um, you know, talking generally about what the Biden administration might do in its first 100 days. But, um, you know, they talk a lot about work requirements and what might happen with those. So um, I think they note that 15 states had 
um, waivers approved that included work requirements. Um, not all those went forward. Um, some were kind of withdrawn and some um, got held up in courts. So, um, so you know, a quick, a quick move of the administration is to sort of um, not allow for the states to, to implement further waivers that require work requirements. And then in terms of states that already have them in place, it's a little bit more complicated and the blog gets into this, you know, so states can voluntarily drop those aspects of the waivers um, or there's other steps they can take, but it's certainly going to be a priority to um, to sort of get rid of this, this step, which I think a lot of folks say it's not actually um, legal and also doesn't seem to achieve its intended effects. I mean, research has shown that um, it doesn't. It does increase disenrollment from Medicaid, but it doesn't necessarily increase um, employment. There are a lot of other areas of disagreement on Medicaid policy, and another big area is block grants. Right, Chris? Yeah, that's right. Um, actually, uh, early last year, the administration had put out a uh, uh, had, had encouraged states to apply for. Uh, Medicaid waiver, Section 1115 waivers that uh, included uh, block grants uh, in the in their Medicaid programs. You know, this has been block granting, which means that the uh, federal government, rather than paying for a portion of each enrollee's medical expenses as is normal under the Medicaid program, uh, they would give sort of a capped amount to the states, and in return, the states would get uh, a little more flexibility in running their programs. This has been sort of a big goal of of conservatives uh, for a long time. The uh, administration, as I say, had put out this invitation. Uh, the uh, There were only two states, I think, uh, Tennessee and Oklahoma that applied. I think Tennessee, uh, Oklahoma's was withdrawn. But uh, after about a year uh, that this invitation had been in place, uh, Tennessee just the other day, was, the, their waiver request was granted by the administration, which, you know, is a big deal. It would be the first uh, time that a state had been granted a waiver with a block grant. Now, I want to emphasize that Tennessee's uh, approach is what they call modified block grant, which means that uh, as if enrollment increases more than expected, uh, the federal contribution or the federal payment would go up, uh, but it wouldn't go up if if expenses per enrollee increase. There's a lot of worry that that might squeeze, uh, uh, in particular, the most vulnerable Medicare Medicaid enrollees. Now, um, you know, the Biden administration uh, has very different priorities. As I mentioned, they are uh, very hostile to block grants. Uh, they can certainly pull back on, you know, not, uh, they can revoke this invitation to states to apply for these kinds of waivers. Uh, they'll likely try to, to actually revoke Tennessee's uh, waiver, as you mentioned, with the work requirement ones. Uh, but you know, that could be a little bit harder than it might be otherwise, because just in the past few days, uh, CMS has sent uh, letters to state Medicaid directors inviting them to set up arrangements with the, with the federal government that, in theory at least, would make it harder for uh, the federal government to revoke existing waivers. So we'll see what happens. And, and of course, another huge area um, is Medicaid expansion under the ACA. So, um, so we know Bryden has proposed to increase incentives for remaining states that have not expanded to kind of get them on board. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, we actually had an issue. We, our January issue of, of Health Affairs just came out, uh, and that has an article uh, in it by uh, Frederick Blavin and Crystal Ramos that actually talks about the positive effect that Medicaid expansion, uh, not surprisingly, has had on hospital finances. So this is going to be an issue 
uh, not only that you know advocates and and you know Medicaid enrollees will will keep an eye out, uh, but also that uh, hospitals and other providers will take a keen interest in. Great, and that sounds like a good note to wrap up with. Thanks everyone for listening. See you next week, and if you enjoyed this, tell a friend.